no fussing, no cussing, and no The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's the Wrestling Life episode 259. It's February 5, 2021. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things that we cannot talk about right here on the first and only wrestling podcast. All right. So, Royal Rumble happened uh, this past week. And Tale of Two Rumbles. You had one rumble that had like two guys in it that were under 35 years old and a 47 year old guy won the thing. And then you have another rumble where they chose to make a new star as edge and Bianca Belair are your 2021 Royal Rumble winners. What do you think about the choices uh, to go with those two? Um, So I really like Bianca Belair as a choice. Um, It's rare in this day and age, and there's still time. I don't want to give them too much credit yet, but where they pick a person, they decide they're going to go all, all out with, for them. And then they like, they do it. And they picked like the right person. <laughs> like sometimes we get two of those three things, <laughs> but, but it's rare that we get all three where it's the right, feels like the right person at the right time. And they're actually, they're not stopping and starting. Like she got a decisive win over Bailey, who was the top heel on SmackDown for a year and then won the Rumble. Like, and she's being treated like a big star and they seem to know what they have with her. It feels like it took them quite a while to like get her and figure it out. But now that they have, it feels like, all right, she's, she's someone we want to build around. She's marketable. She's talented. Like, let's let's go for it. So now if she goes and loses clean at WrestleMania, I will retract most of what I've just said. But it feels like, hey, we. it, it just feels like this is such a rarity now where it feels like they have clarity on what they want to do and who they want to go with. Makes sense. And then on the other side, you know, I brought up Edge's age, and I don't necessarily know if that's fair to him. He was off for 10 years, uh, pretty much. Uh, he's not as old. It, well, I mean, he's been on WWE TV for, since 1997, so <laughs> maybe it is fair. But I'm not willing to denigrate the Edge uh, storyline here just based on his age. But it did seem pretty glaring that there was not a lot of young talent in that Royal Rumble match. Yeah, and we've we've talked about this before. It's not always how old you are in your actual like personal age. It's how long you've been around. Um, you know, like there's guys like Damian Priest is 38 years old, yeah. but he's a new character on TV and they're treating him like they treated John Cena in 2002. Right. Like right. and that could be okay. Now he's 38 years old. He has a lot of mileage on his body. So I don't know that he's going to last as long as, you know, if you had picked someone a a bit younger, but he's a new character on television. So like it doesn't, yeah, the chronological age doesn't matter, but the fact that edge has been edge on TV (laughs) for uh, multiple decades, the fact, and it, you know, it's, and I think it's also one of those things where there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance because he's this like haggard old veteran that's holding on for one last shot. And you have like multiple other people who have been around just as long as him that are just regulars on television. Like you have Ray Mysterio and Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. They're just regular TV characters. And, but edge who's the same age as them. And obviously again, you're right. It is different because he was off for 10 years because of an injury but it is kind of weird to have like a bunch of these guys are, are from that era around another one. Carlito was in the 10 o'clock segment of raw this week, like with Jeff Hardy, speaking of which um, 
so like John Morrison and the Miz and like all these guys who have been around for at least part of, if not all of edges era, like they're all just regulars on TV. Whereas edge is this haggard old veteran who's somehow holding on for his one last shot at glory. Carlito thing really bugged you, didn't it? It's, can you imagine being someone in NXT? <laughs> like, and watching Carlito. They're not even bringing back, like, old guys that matter anymore. They're just bringing back somebody that Vince McMahon recognizes when he saw, like, like bring Carlito back. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I know that name. Like, I remember that guy. <laughs> He's Carlos's boy. Like, <laughs> right. Like, he's just like, yeah, okay, let's bring him back. And he's going to get an agent tryout, and maybe he'll end up in, like, an MVP role on TV as well. Like, nothing against that guy personally, but it's like, you are sitting on a lot of talent. You have, as mentioned, the oldest Royal Rumble of all time. And again, not all these old guys have been on TV for a long time, but a lot of them have been, and a lot of them have a lot of mileage on their bodies, whether they're new to new to WWE television or not. Like this, this doesn't bring. And, and instead of bringing up an Adam Cole or a Johnny Garangano or somebody, I don't know anybody. <laughs> Carlito is in the 10 p.m. segment, like one of the cup like one of the very prime segments of raw it's like that's the thing it's like to me when they went to ziggler for that program with drew last year it's like (laughs) it used to be like okay vince is going back to the old guys he trusts that were like good drawing opponents for other guys like kane and big show it's like now he just now he's going back to guys he didn't even like like car like he hated (laughs) carlito as based on carlito's wwe career like (laughs) He hated Carlito, and now we're just throwing him out there in the ten o'clock segment to wrestle Gunner. Like this is this is an I would be insulted if I worked for that company and I saw Carlito walk in off the street and get a prime spot on Raw. Like oh my oh my like again nothing against the man personally, but good God what are we doing? There's a lot of what are we doing. Uh, when I watch WWE's product, but the thing that really hit me this week, you know, I'm willing to give the Damian Priest thing a shot just because for all the reasons that you listed, uh, he is 38, but he doesn't necessarily look 38 and he's new in television years. But like, where's the next superstar coming from? <laughs> it's like, I don't think they have like that next superstar in NXT right now. It doesn't feel like there's anyone there that you could build a brand around. So it's like, where is that person coming from? Not not the Performance Center. <laughs> that seems clear. Like, what are we doing, like, hiring all these guys and churning out all, like, and obviously they cut, they cut people and bring people back and all that stuff, but, like, what is the point of this Performance Center if they, they can't even make NXT television anymore because they're in a ratings war that they're losing terribly. And like, I don't, and then all of the NXT guys and NXT used to be a pretty fresh, like fast moving promotion because guys would be there for six to 12 months and then they'd move up. And now they all just sit there. Right. And so it's like, yeah, like, and and I, I mean, we've talked about NXT's kind of stagnancy and, and lack of, lack of excitement despite having a thousand talented people on their show all all the time it's just yeah it's just one of those weird things i don't know if if pete dunn or balor or adam cole would be turning the territory around but like give someone who hasn't been on tv for 10 years who (laughs) was a non-entity on tv for i don't know five of his like like his last five years that he was with that company probably uh I don't know. Just try. Just try anyone else besides bringing back uh, like, and again, it worked out pretty well with MVP. I realized that he's a good manager. He wrestles too much for my taste, but he's a good manager. That group is good, but like 
stop stop bringing back like i don't want chris masters to come back <laughs> next year like i don't like again nothing against any of these guys personally bring them in for a legends night or whatever sure we can pretend anybody's a legend alicia fox is a legend now like who by the way alicia fox as a legend is younger than everyone except two people in the men's royal rumble um yeah, I don't know. It was just, it's just the show is old, and again, you may be right that there's nobody in NXT to fix that. But we also can't find out if maybe they have somebody in the performance center that could be something because those performance center people never get to move up to NXT because NXT right. doesn't churn guys out anymore. Right, and the reason they don't churn guys out anymore is twofold. One, excuse me, is look at the look at the track record of when they were turning people around to the main roster pretty quickly. Like, you know, Apollo Crews was less than a year, I think, from his NXT debut to his Raw debut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look at Apollo Crews now. And two, it's like the purpose of NXT is no longer to provide your hardcore fan base with basically an indie product under the WWE umbrella or to serve as developmental. And it's not even to win the Wednesday ratings war. It's to hurt AEW by having a show on at the same time as AEW. <laughs> like that's right. all. That's all it is. <laughs> it's like they. So there, it, it's. It's not even functioning the way that it was. You know, past the idea of it being developmental. It's like we're in this. Now it's just they stockpile talent and they put a show on Wednesday nights to hurt hurt their competition that's all they're doing (laughs) i guess my only thought on that is it feels like whatever viewership nxt does every week it doesn't matter who's on their show or what they promote for it oh sure like so like if adam cole and roderick strong went up to the main roster and whatever like i don't think it was like oh a hundred thousand viewers are switching aew it's like they have you know, between six and 720,000 very old people who watch NXT every week who don't seem to really care. Edge did not bring that number up, nor did... They did a uh, terrible number with Edge this week. Dr. Luther and Serpentico whipped Edge's ass this week. I just want to put out. Um, I don't think they actually went head-to-head in segments, but I just, thought, <laughs> I, that, I just picked the two funniest people I could think of from AEW. Right. Uh, who were on that show last night that beat WWE Hall of Famer Edge. Um, I think that officially means we can credit Lita with all of his big ratings numbers that he popped when he was champion in the 06. I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, old Amy first place in the ratings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I think that... So it seems like it's irrelevant, the talent on. There's clearly like a built-in... It's not a large audience, but an, a bit. You're siphoning some people away from AEW every week just by having a show on USA Network, like with your brand on it. So who cares, like who's on it? Because it's probably going to do the same number every week. But do you want? Do you really want Vince booking five foot nine Adam Cole? <laughs> I, like he booked Shawn Michaels, all right. Like so he booked AJ. He booked AJ Styles pretty well. Yeah, but AJ Styles is a Republican redneck. Like <laughs> true. With, a, with an abusive father and a <laughs> Right. He's he's grew up in a trailer park in North Carolina. Right. He's well, Georgia, but yeah, it's Vince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost literally Vince, except yeah, for, yeah well, a couple states over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. AJ's a weird case now that you now that you bring it up. But yeah, I mean to be fair, his success with booking smaller people is usually on accident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's had to be drag kicking and screaming into booking every every small person. He he didn't want AJ Styles before he had a good run in New Japan. Like, like when AJ was leaving TNA, they had a shot at him and they offered him like uh, jobber money. You know. Yep. Anyway, I don't want Vince getting his hands on the undisputed era. I don't trust that he even know what the hell to do with them. Uh, ultimately, I don't think. It depends what those guys want out of their lives and their careers. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Roderick Strong, who gets to hang out with his wife and work at a performance center and carve out a decent living in the wrestling business. Like, I feel like Roderick Strong is probably pretty happy with his life in NXT. And if he never makes the main roster, 
he's probably cool with it. I don't, I don't know what Adam, it is a shame that they are, you know, kind of wasting Adam Cole's prime, but also I don't necessarily know that it would be better for Vince to get his hands on Adam Cole. So that's fair. It's just one of those, it's just NXT feels like purgatory. Like, yeah. Cause the, and that's what it is now, but yeah, it's right. just, it's just frustrating when you, again, and it was exasperated by me seeing Carlito on raw. All right, so Drew McIntyre and Edge apparently is a planned match for Mania, which, like, this story has to end with Edge winning the title, and I don't necessarily know that taking the last year of Drew McIntyre that you built up, uh, you spent building up and uh, feeding him to Edge is seems counterproductive, but I don't know if the alternative, like... I think Roman Reigns should just be Universal Champion for like three years until <laughs> until whoever that next big baby face is can come along and knock him off. Like I don't necessarily I don't get excited about the idea of uh, Edge and Drew McIntyre. I think Edge and Roman is actually a better match, and story wise, story wise, it would be better. But you got a feeling on which way they're going here? Um. I think there would be more acting in an Edge and Roman feud. <laughs> oh, without question. Um, um, I don't. I don't know. Like I, it's one of those things. Like because there has been no clear direction or obvious opponent being built up for Drew. I was like, yeah, I guess when when Edge won the Rumble, I was like, yeah, okay, it's the the young, like top of his game, young being a relative term, <laughs> uh, top of his game world champion who's beaten all of the the present day challengers, you know, fighting the old gunslinger who never lost his belt coming back for one last shot at it. I'm like, okay, that's kind of a story. Like that's a story. Um, Roman and Edge doesn't doesn't interest me as much for whatever reason. I think it's just because like I. I like the Roman character, but yeah, it doesn't feel like, I don't know. It feels like maybe Edge should win the belt, but I feel like he's not the one that should beat Roman. So I, <laughs> but I don't care if he beats Drew, I guess is my reasoning. Sure. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's fine. That's uh, fine. Yeah. That other than sense. that, I don't, yeah. Other than that, I don't have a strong uh, feeling one way or the other than that. They did. As as uh, we touched on briefly, he did appear on NXT where they LOL teased him wrestling Finn Balor, um, which that that would be interesting. <laughs> just just as a as an actual match, that would probably interest me the most of those three. But as a story, I think I would lean towards Drew because if if you're doing the happy ending and Edge reclaims the belt, he never loses. I feel like you are losing less by beating drew than you are by beating roman right now that makes sense it sure seemed like uh they were building up uh daniel bryan to face roman and or possibly if they could get cena in for mania maybe cena and roman was the match i guess cena's not doing mania now so any idea where they're going over there on smackdown for roman yeah, I mean, I think Brian, it's it's the same people that we talked about probably in December or whatever. It's it's Brian, it's Big E, it's I guess you could throw Ray in there, maybe. Um but they don't they've really not pushed Ray back up to that top, tippy top level since he's been back. So yeah, if it's not a part timer coming in, then it does seem and it's not edge, let's just say theoretically, then it would seem like it, it would probably have to be either Brian or Big E just for lack of other options. They have Seth coming back. I guess if they want to turn Seth babyface again, they could they could put him and Roman together, but that doesn't seem any more interesting to me than Brian or Big E. Like they all kind of like the same level of yeah, they could do that. It would be fine. Yeah. I think Seth might be a notch above that, but it also doesn't feel like a WrestleMania main event, to your point. So there is that. Goldberg wrestled at Royal Rumble. I thought, as far as a fifty-four-year-old guy having a match, it was about as good as you could expect. Yeah, he looked fine. Jack Hammer a little shaky, but yeah, um, he didn't. He didn't 
almost kill anybody. And he was he did switch switch the long shorts, which made me sad a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like Goldberg has looked. You want to like see? A, you want to see them thighs? I want to see them thighs. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just like oh, it's like yeah, he's he's old. Like I don't know. Somehow I think because of how great he was in that initial comeback in whatever that was sixteen or seventeen. Um. I like ignored that he was an old, old man (laughs) and him having to start covering up more of his body was like, Oh, right. I forgot. He's he's old quote, thick thighs, save lives and quote, Liam Renner. That's right. (laughs) Trademark it. You want to see them thighs. (laughs) I I don't know if I can finish the show now. (laughs) I really don't know. Uh, all right. Anything else from our night at Raw? We had Edge and Randy Orton doing some acting. Yeah, it's Alexa Bliss. Randy Orton thing keeps going. It's like I honestly want to see that match now way more than I want to see Randy Orton wrestle anybody else. Oh, Randy and Alexa. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, they could. They could. I mean, that would be much more interesting to me than anything involving Bray Wyatt. Uh, no question about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, this week Alexa did some shape shifting, um, and then she teleported, and then black tar fell out of her mouth, which spooked Randy Orton, uh, which caused him to lose his his final <laughs> ever match against Edge. Yeah, yeah. What do you know? <sighs> I just love when like Tom Phillips is like. Wow, Alexa Bliss, I, I, this is so <laughs> ominous and scary. <laughs> well, time to talk about this segment brought to you by Girls Junior. <laughs> like we just switch from like it's just it's the worst type of thing, wacky wrestling stuff where like someone is teleporting and shape <laughs> shape shifting one minute, and then the next minute we're just we're just doing regular wrestling again, like. If you're gonna do Lucha Underground stuff, you got to make the whole show like it. You can't just do like a couple segments like it and then go try to be a regular wrestling show for the rest of it. Like you can't do both. It is very odd. Yes, I will give it that. All right, uh, AEW this week. Kenta showed up. Kenta and AEW and New Japan are all best friends. How did you phrase it? They're best friends and they hold hands now. <laughs> yes. AEW and New Japan hold hands. I don't see what AEW gains out of any of these partnerships, frankly. But okay. Kenny wants to work, wants to wrestle Kota Bushi at the Tokyo Dome, right? That's why we're doing this. I suppose. But like, if you're AEW... What do you gain from any of this? You spent your main event segment on Dynamite this week building up a match that isn't taking place on your show. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they are bringing Kenta back to wrestle on Dynamite next week. but Yeah, but it's like Moxley and Kenta's the match, and that's happening on New Japan's streaming service. Yeah, it's a very weird thing, much like all of the Impact stuff has been. Like, at least there are, like, in a post-pandemic world, this makes more sense because from a match quality standpoint, you can make a lot of exciting matches if you work with New Japan. Um, as of now, you have access to, to Kenta and Jeff Cobb and Chase Owens. <laughs> uh, so I don't, I don't know that... Like, It's not that exciting now, but it's also one of those things, and I think other people have touched on this, I'm not sure it would have happened at all if it wasn't for the pandemic. In what and, way? But also the pandemic is uh, in the sense that like Moxley would have just gone to Japan and wrestled this year. Um, so like, I don't know that there's any need for Kenta to suddenly show up and, and beat him up or whatever. Um, but on the other hand, like the pandemic is also going to prevent it from getting any cooler because like we can't get Minoru Suzuki or or Ibushi or Tanahashi or Okada over here anytime in the foreseeable future. So like we got Kenta and Jeff Cobb. Juice Robinson. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, there's good workers you can bring in, but and I guess some of the other New Japan strong guys and some of the young the young lions and stuff that are that are U.S. based, like. But yeah, man, I don't like it's 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 interesting, and yeah, it's you can play on history and like you have. I mean, theoretically, if you're doing video packages and stuff, and you have a relationship with New Japan, you can draw on their history as well when it comes to bullet club stuff or whatever omega's history in japan but yeah as far as like what this means in the immediate future like to your point it's a boon for new japan who gets to plug the moxley kenta match on a show watched by eight hundred thousand people and it's good for AEW in a theoretical post-pandemic world <laughs> Because maybe they can go to Madison Square Garden or something and do a you know War of the Worlds type show, but without Matt Taven winning a belt on it. What does this mean as far as do I have to keep watching Gallows and Anderson main event Dynamite every week? Well, Ethan, we're doing a slow burn to the match with them in the Bucks. So unfortunately, I do believe that Gallows and Anderson are going to be on your television for uh quite a while longer i um i find their shtick kind of entertaining sometimes sometimes it's a little too crass and crude for my liking but i i can be entertained by those guys i i'm not entertained by their wrestling yeah um i think <laughs> i i uh tamatanga referred to them as festus and the other smaller festus today <laughs> uh, on twitter and i laughed for like 10 straight minutes of that um yeah I, again for I, because generally what i enjoy about AEW or theoretically would like to enjoy about AEW is the in-ring um story progression is good and fine there's characters on the show i like but generally like i'm there i'm there to see cool matches and uh out of teams that i think can have better matches with the young bucks than the good brothers for sure um and especially now that my, I thought, I really thought they were going to do them in the Motor City Machine Guns, but then Alex Shelley went home. Um, yes. And is not coming back. Yes. So uh, that's, uh, that's not how, happening. So you know, I don't, like, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot for me to be excited about as far as the Bucks working with the Good Brothers or any other impact teams. Well, they're friends, right? And Cody once famously said, this is not all friends wrestling when he was explaining why Zack Ryder wouldn't necessarily get a job there just because, and, you know, I guess he kind of kept his word and then <laughs> Ryder did like the six dates or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he was, and then he was gone, but it's, it, there is definitely an element of this is all friends wrestling and the bucks are friends with Gallows and Anderson. And now they're working with their friends every week and, you know, the women's champion never gets on TV. <laughs> yeah, um, that's frustrating <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Like, I yeah, I don't like to me. It, it, if like we talked about, I think with the initial impact stuff, if if there's a chance for you to send guys there and for them to get better, um, great. Then you can and you can use some of these places as like farm systems for your your green talents, your top flights. Um that's that's great, but I don't know that that's what's going to happen. It seems like it's been more just Kenny Omega and Don Callis and the Good Brothers kind of dicking around. Right. Yes. Um I was watching the program with my wonderful wife this week and she asked, "Has Britt Baker has she ever been the champion i'm like Mm -hmm. uh no i don't think she has which is sad because i've watched every episode of the show and i couldn't tell you for certain if she'd been champion or not and she's like well she's on tv way more than the champion why isn't she just the champion (laughs) you know that's a really good question (laughs) it's almost like wrestling is really simple and like (laughs) anyone that watches it for more than like an hour can can see the giant glaring flaws in the product (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you think Britt Baker should just be the women's champion, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, in the same way that last year they should have just made Brandy or whoever the champion. Like, clearly, like they value other women and give them more TV time more than 
as champion. So why just make Britt Baker the champion? Right. Like who cares? Like it's it's not like the belt any of the belts mean anything, but especially not the women's champion. And you could make it mean something. Any any belt can mean anything if you put put in the time, etc. But and I and again, like I've I've sung the praises of, of Sheeta quite a few times on the show. In in ring, she's one of my favorite people to watch. But clearly, uh, whether or not it's her she she speaks English very well. Uh, I don't like they don't, but they don't seem to think she's a compelling character. Which again, if you don't think she's a compelling character, that's fine. You're in charge. It's your show. Right. Wrestling is fake. Take the belt off of her then. Right. And give it to Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker or whoever you do want to have uh, be the the face of your women's division. Right. Um, seems very simple to me. Yeah. Uh, the wedding on Dynamite this week was was still great, but one of the weaker wrestling weddings I've ever seen. It seemed under-rehearsed to me. Like It seemed like they really needed to rehearse that thing one or two more times. Yeah, like, they're, like Miro, just because of him, <laughs> is just innately funny to me in almost everything he does. Yeah, and says, yeah, um, like him repeatedly screaming, "This is my wedding. I won't let." <laughs> Very funny to me, yeah. um, and him telling Kip that his his gift to him was his his strength and power and ferocity. <laughs> Very funny to me. <laughs> um, uh, him him not allowing the sinister minister to ask if anyone objects after him previously being involved in two different. WWE wedding segments that went awry. I had forgotten that they did one with him and Roman and Lana, where Roman like shoved Lana into a cake or something. In addition to the the all time bad one with Lashley and uh, Liv Morgan, but right. so like yeah, there were some cutesy references. Sister Minister is like the greatest man alive. Um, He's tremendous. He's absolutely tremendous. Just he, no one could be better at being Jim Mitchell <laughs> than Jim Mitchell. Like. <laughs> He's incredible. Yeah. Um, Penelope Ford, uh, respectfully. Dear uh, God. <laughs> a very, she, she looked great. And she looked very happy. And I know they got married in real life, I guess, a couple days before this. So congratulations to them. Good luck. Remember Randy Savage's words about doing <laughs> angles with your wife? Um, <laughs> did an angle with my wife. Now I don't got no wife no more. Yeah. Um, so just I inv- I advise them to be careful. <laughs> yes, but yes, the segment itself it was it was yeah it it hit all the boxes of what a wrestling wedding should be. There were some funny moments. Baby faces interrupted it, and someone got pushed into a cake. So like it it checked all the boxes. But yeah, not not certainly not the strongest wrestling we've seen. I know you're not a Pritchard Show fan, but have you heard the Jim Cornette quote about? people coming out of a giant box i have not all right so they did the thing in the wedding segment on dynamite this week where there was a giant box and it turned out to be a red herring there was nothing in the box but jim Cornette famously said once that anytime in wrestling anyone comes out of a giant box they're instantly over (laughs) (laughs) which you know Cornette is whatever but we can we can learn from jim still Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, that's a good quote. <laughs> Anytime anyone comes out of a giant box, they're instantly over. <laughs> um, yeah, the execution on that could have been a little more crisp. Uh, Cody and Red Velvet taking the place of his wife. Speaking of doing angles with your wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling Shaq and Jay Cargill, not on pay-per-view, but on the March 3rd Dynamite. Shaq finally going to do a match after all these years? I mean, I guess he did the one Battle Royal, but mm-hmm. at WrestleMania or whatever, but I mean, WWE's been trying to get Shaq to wrestle a match for like 15 years, and now he's just going to do one on a Wednesday night show on TNT. That Turner Network synergy, brother. That's what got the deal done. Yeah, that's um, what it is. But I, I have a question, and I, I risk sounding like a jabroni bark Jabroni Mark, who don't know it's a work, etc. Whoa. <laughs> uh, with this, but I, I feel I must ask it. So, like, in, like, the first sit-down, the weird one with Brandy and Shaq. Yes. 
Shaq intimated that he has known Jade a long time, and he's she, she he's like a family friend to her. Yeah, is that true? Uh I don't know. It's possible. Like I think she was a college basketball player, and she's like a fitness model, and so like it doesn't seem incredibly far fetched that like either through just knowing basketball or maybe his kids or something, maybe he did know her, mm-hmm. but as, as usual, it's half-assed and never followed up on. So I, I don't actually know the legit answer. Okay. Uh, just, just curious because I have to imagine, assuming this is a wrestling match featuring Shaquille O'Neal that we are getting, <laughs> he's not probably going to do a lot. I mean, so we're, he's old, prob- <laughs> he's old. And not a professional wrestler. Those are two very important parts here. Right. Um, you know, he'll do the thing that he showed off. He's going to, like, back Cody into the corner and elbow him and then probably put the boots to him. It was a Judas effect. Right. <laughs> uh, somehow work, looked worse than even Jericho's did when he was first doing it. But Yeah. But, yeah, like, they'll be fine. But I imagine Shaq is mostly going to stand on the apron. Yes. Um, so perhaps, much like we were just talking about, uh, I understand they obviously see quite a bit in Jade based on the, her, her being in this position. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to Jade on one side and Red Velvet on the other, even if this only has to go like eight minutes. Right. That's a long time for two <laughs> people that one I've never seen wrestle. The other I think has wrestled some on dark yeah to have to like be the people controlling the match it's a good and point maybe you could have put like Sheeta and Britt baker in there or something once once it was clear brandy wasn't going to be able to do it also like it didn't feel like you needed the jade connection it felt like you can wait for brandy to come back or whatever in a year to do that and just have jade be a regular character or whatever now again, if she is actually a real life legitimate friend and like, like has known Shaq a long time, you could tell me that, and then I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> that's why she's teaming with Shaq. That's fine, but like, I don't I don't know why Cody's partner is not like a good like why isn't it should be like maybe Thunder Rosa or Serena Deeb or like. A, a good re- it would be good if there was one good wrestler in this match besides yeah. Cody. Yeah, I mean maybe they could um go ahead and I mean maybe maybe Cody just sells for Shaq for like five minutes to make it work. <laughs> like still I, I honestly don't know which would be better or worse. Like having two green wrestlers go in and face each other or just have Cody selling while Shaq stomps on him for five minutes, you know? Yeah, this might also work better if Shaq was the baby face. <laughs> Why is Shaq a heel? Everybody loves know. Shaq. Right, he's like one of the most likable men in in like American pop culture. Right. Like but he's kind of the bad guy here because yes. like his his friend Jade broke Cody's wife's arm and <laughs> and Cody's the fiery fiery baby face. So it's like, well, so watching heel Shaq beat on babyface Cody and then I don't know I'm just it's just it's just all weird like I, the only thing I can think of is like Red Velvet can be in there to take the pinfall or whatever <laughs> but like again I don't again it's it's a big angle with a big celebrity I'm sure though if they don't do over a million viewers that's worrisome to me Um, I'm, I get why Shaq is happening <laughs> Right. I just like I the people the other people involved. I'm I'm just curious as to the why they went that that route, especially with Red Velvet, who I'm sure is a very nice woman and might be a pretty good wrestler for all I know. I don't watch Dark, but my understanding is that she is not particularly experienced, and perhaps having a more experienced worker in there with Jade would be a, a different route to go. 
Yeah, I used to watch Dark, and I saw her wrestle at least twice. And like, she didn't stand out as any more or less green than anyone on that show. But it's not like I saw her and was like, oh, this is future superstar. Her promo on Dynamite, whenever that was, last week, two weeks ago, was really good. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Arn Anderson and Red Velvet. Red Velvet cut the best promo in that segment. By far. Like, I know the rib on Arn was, like, he's supposedly this all-time legendary great talker in WWE. You never let him talk, despite having him in a contract for 20 years. And it's like, well, right. after after seeing him talk without a script last week, it's like, well, maybe we need to script Arn from here on out. Yeah, we might need to... <laughs> Her, you know, grandpa gets a little, sometimes the stories get a little long in the tooth. You got to get him back on track, you know? Yes. yes. Nothing wrong with bullet points. Nah. Hey, Jay White came back to New Japan to save this tour this week. Uh, <laughs> they are still trying to kill me by running a show every other day for the next six weeks. But uh, Jay White and Ishii being added to this tour, Jay White not going anywhere. Uh, these guys have injected some much-needed life into this tour. For that, I'm grateful. But uh, should we be surprised that Jay White is not going anywhere? This one always felt to me kind of like the Kenny leaving in whenever that was, 2017, 2018. Like, it didn't feel like there was enough steam behind it to really to believe that that he was uh, that he was out the door. Right. Also, maybe because they just, like, he just said it like <laughs> after he had this incredible match at the Tokyo Dome. He's just like, by the way, tomorrow's my last day. <laughs> right, right. He kind of he Irish goodbyed us. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, that doesn't feel like that would be like you would think if he was actually thinking about leaving, that probably would have leaked a month out, maybe. And there would have been a lot of buzz and interest around, maybe more buzz and interest around the finishes on the Tokyo you don't show and why wouldn't you uh, have built a loser leaves town match or some, not specifically that necessarily but wouldn't you want someone to get over on him on the way out right you have him you have him the cocky arrogant uh jerk he'll say if i don't win the belts on night two i'll leave the company forever or whatever or, right right yeah so yeah the, they didn't feel like he was out the door to your point and much like last i think we saw between last summer and this past these past couple shows, which to be fair, that the the top of the card's been all right. Osprey and uh, Kojima had a pretty good garbage brawl, and uh, I adored uh, Shingo Takagi and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I think that's my favorite match of the year. Oh, it's not even close. That's the best match of the year. Um, like, I mean, from an emotional standpoint, I appreciate Ibushi winning the belts and all that, and yeah. I, but I think from like just a work bell to bell standard Hiroshi Tanahashi should just be on top for another 20 years. Like until they get somebody who's better at doing what he does. Yeah. Which I fear, I fear they never will. <laughs> uh, he should just be on top. Like he's still so good. He uh, is. A, he is an all time. Great. It's getting to the point where the only thing that, that hurts his matches is that like he, he can't move from the waist down. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> how much better he'd, he'd be even than he already is? And I guess that's what a testament to like how good he is at non-athletic things. And like how much he gets out of a dragon screw leg whip yes. in every match, how much he gets out of uh, the twist and shout and all that stuff is like, it's incredible. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, and Shingo is tremendous himself. I don't want to completely discount him as part, oh, of, no, he's... part of that equation. He's amazing. But other than those top two matches, those <laughs> New Japan cards were looking a little rough. And again, same thing with last summer when it was the evil and Dick Togo show uh, on top every show. It's like, boy, you really, when Jay White comes back, you're like, man, you really appreciate like that he's like one of the MVPs of this promotion because yeah. <laughs> of how much better the shows are. And obviously, again, he's working with Ishii who just does nothing but have great matches so that doesn't hurt him either but uh yeah definitely definitely new japan is a much better place with uh, jay white around i think the last year or so has proven that yep and it's also proven tomohiro ishii is probably one of the 10 best in-ring guys ever yeah he's (laughs) 
it's like it's one of those things it's like man i mean we've talked about it a hundred times we'll talk about it a hundred more like he was like five inches taller man like he'd be yeah everyone he... <laughs> would know that he is one of the 10 greatest of all time yeah like he can't get he can't get a major title run in that company and it's like the only possible explanation is he's five foot six or whatever <laughs> like, yeah it's just so weird. I saw him at WrestleCon wrestle David Starr. Mm-hmm. He Ishii sold the whole match. <laughs> it's like I think he was just like, okay, I want to go out there and I want to show I can literally do any kind of match. <laughs> so he went out and he sold for ten minutes. The guy whose gimmick is he never sells went out and just sold for ten minutes for the uh, David Starr who passed away. Yes, me. <laughs> He fell down in an elevator shaft onto some bullets. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 died on the way back to his home planet. And yeah. Uh, yeah. He's not actually dead, everybody, but yeah, he yeah. may as well be. He's dead to me. Yes. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that about wraps it up. Uh last last note on New Japan, they have a, a, a show on the Roku app now, which is cute but also just make new japan world at furoku so that i don't have to like stream it through a weird third-party app that only works some so, like half the time yeah like, you would think maybe this <laughs> that would make sense it, let's hope that's that's where this is headed if they if they can get a working new japan world app on roku out of this deal i'll be a happy man I feel like I should just sit down and make make one one day. Like I don't feel like it would be that hard, <laughs> right? Like I mean, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it could be that complicated. <laughs> no, and they're like you know between Roku smart TVs and just the Roku uh, boxes themselves or whatever, like fifty million people in the United States have Roku's, <laughs> which is already more people than have access TV. Right. So it's like this is a huge you know. This is a really huge market. Like, I don't think the Roku, their you know one hour highlights package show on on the Roku channel is going to mean diddly squat. But you know that is fifty million people you could reach if you would just sit down and make an app. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like I know Roku's like had they like they didn't have HBO Max for like the first three months HBO Max was at. So I don't know if it's also like red tape of like what roku allows on their on their like if it's a roku issue sometimes i don't think it would be for new japan because right obviously it's not like a big money deal that they're holding out for like it would be with a, a warner media streaming service or something but right right but i do wonder if there's in addition because i think they did i don't know if it's still active but i think they did have a chromecast app didn't they i don't know i know they had a uh... And the Fire Stick app or whatever. Okay, that might be what I'm thinking of. Because it never worked. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it didn't work, but at least, like, they got that, they slapped that together and threw it on the store. Right. So it's like, it it can't be that hard. The technology exists. We have it. (laughs) We know it can work. So I wonder if there's, like, more red tape on, like, just getting it onto a Roku store. But again, now that you have a deal with them in some sort of way, you probably have something of an in with the company so just make it happen man make it easy for me to uh to watch new japan on my television it would be great it's the way you have to do it now which i think you and our friend larry have come over for a couple wrestle kingdom shows is you have to set up on your you have to open it in a web browser on your phone and then cast the, the web browser to the tv yes through a dodgy third-party app uh it's, it's it's really bad. I use a web browser in a weird third-party app that allows you to cast it to a Roku TV. Right. Or Samsung TV or whatever mm-hmm. the deal is. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're separate apps. You can't even just... <laughs> it's not even like a one-size-fits-all app. It's right. literally like, if you want to cast it to a Samsung TV, you need that <laughs> that, that, that app-Samsung. <laughs> if you want to cast it to a Roku, you need that app-Roku. They're separate apps. Yeah, you know what would be really great though is if they made their programs available on demand on Xfinity, linear cable television. Everyone, it's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> as long as all of the major sports uh, organizations make all of their money through it, it will yeah. not die. 
Yeah, we got another, you know, five years or whatever. The NFL is about to renegotiate their TV deal. So, you know, cable's not going anywhere for the next six, seven years at least. So perfect time to get back in, back on the horse. Xfinity. Reconnect that cord you cut. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, let's go home. I'm Ethan. And I'm. And uh, until next time, uh, we'll be back with uh, more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. I really need to get paid by Xfinity. I just can't figure out how. This program not brought to you, but not paid for. <laughs> By the fine folks at Large Cableton. <laughs> yes. Did you watch the uh, 30 Rock, the horrible 30 Rock pandemic special? I did not. It was basically just one long commercial for Peacock and Xfinity. It was funny. I mean, it was not funny, but like it, it, they were sup- they were supposedly wink, wink, you know, parody, parodying how much of a uh, they were just shilling for Peacock, and it's like actually no, it's not a parody. You are just shilling for Peacock. It's really bad. Yeah, there's like there's that line right where like oh we're acknowledging that we're like that we're corporate <laughs> that right. we're corporate whores and we're we're doing this you know to to sell a sell subscriptions and all that but like but when it's that's really all there is to it you're like right. oh wait no this isn't a joke <laughs> is- right right this is you're actually just shilling peacock for an hour it's not it's not good hey, wwe's earnings were down were project 47 uh, lower than projected yikes what ha- what happened now <laughs> that i can't figure out i don't know you would think did they sell zero merchandise? Was there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a good answer. Because the previous couple quarters, they were like merchandise and everything was steady with what it was when we ran shows with people. Yes. I was like, that's a wild stat. <laughs> I was watching Raw. I think I watched it last night. It's <laughs> like, you know, why would they ever go back to running in front of people? <laughs> I mean, when they can control the reactions and everything. It's like, you know, I guess it would make like a difference of like $50 million a year or whatever in, in revenue. And so that's why they won't do it. But it's like, you can, you're controlling the reaction here. Why, why not just, why not just tape on a sound studio, sound stage? Why not? I try to keep on keeping on.